0: After speaking to a few people, everyone said, don't start a new series in the middle of summer. That's crazy talk. No one's around. That would be madness. So what I chose to do was completely ignore my wise and wonderful friends (laughs) and do it anyway. So we've got quite a lot of um, visiting speakers queued up um, and they're going to sort of bring whatever they feel is on their heart to share. Um, But I on my heart to share at the moment, just in case you couldn't tell from the slide that's appeared on the screen, was I really wanted to start a series in Joshua, or Joshua, um, as I often say, for just for funsies, really. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's been a few things recently where I've thought, like, God said something to someone, and I've been like, oh, where in the Bible is that? That's Joshua. And, oh, marking an occasion with something, oh, that's Joshua. Um, sending out spies, Joshua. There's loads of stuff that has sort of pointed me towards Joshua, so I thought, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll just go for it. So when I speak, I'm going to try and slowly work way through Joshua uh, on my own, but everyone else will sort of do random one-offs and we'll give the visiting speakers the freedom to bring what they, they feel is on their heart and God has given them. So, yes, we're starting um, with chapter 1 at verse 1 because that's you know how reading things usually works. Um, but first I'll, I'll pray and then I'll, I'll read through it. Uh, so, Father, thank you. Uh, For this time together, thank you for the wonderful time we've had in worship. Pray that as we look at your word, as we study Joshua, that uh, you would use uh, me and my feeble words and and madness and silliness to convey something of you and your kingdom and your love and your power. Uh, May what I say be coherent um, and good and of you. Amen. Cool. So, Joshua. Um, I really like Joshua. Joshua is, uh, regardless of the fact that I feel like God's really prompted me and pushed me towards it recently, it's such a good book. It's got spies, it's got battles and swords. It's 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 like the Hollywood like action movie of the Bible. It's so cool. There is so many cool things that happen in it. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Joshua, uh, he appears before Joshua. He appears in. Um, Exodus and Numbers, and you see him sort of leading uh, the armies and sort of leading the Israelites as sort of Moses' right-hand man. He was originally named Hoshua or Hoshia, uh, but got renamed to Yehoshua, um, which we translated into English as Joshua. I don't know what we've got against sort of Ye, but everything that is Ye in Hebrew somehow becomes J in English. I will one day look into that more to try and work out why that's a thing, but it is bizarre. I'm actually learning Hebrew at the moment, uh, just as a thing. It's quite fun. Uh, so Heather's learning French, and I'm learning Hebrew. So Heather's learning like full sentences, and I'm learning letters because it's you know nothing like English at all. So there's Heather learning four strings of sentences. Like <laughs> weirdly, your left leg is longer than your right leg is one of the things that Heather's had to learn. A bit bizarre. Um, whereas I've been like Gamel, uh, <laughs> like just G. Um, so yeah. None of that's really helpful. But anyway, it starts off, I'll I'll read through it, and then we'll we'll go through it. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, You will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So as sort of an opening, you know, first nine verses, it's quite, 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 you know, it's quite a strong opening. Um, so it's weird, weird, like the first bit though is a bit odd, sort of like, Moses is dead, it's basically how Joshua opens, which is a bit of like, who would start a book with, this person is dead, that's a bit of a downer to start a book, and then I thought, actually, one of my favourite films of all time starts like that. It starts with The Marlies Were Dead to Begin With. Like, that's my favourite Christmas film, if anyone's interested, Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, you know, I could have mentioned actual Charles Dickens' book. going to be honest, I've not read it. I've only seen a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, but, you know, it starts with this sort of weird down note. And you think, oh, goodness, this is, you know, this is a kid's film. Like, this is a weird, horrible uh, note to start off with. But, you know, it's... it's it's how this begins too, and that ends up being brilliant, and this ends up being brilliant too, so there's a few things in that uh, that starts with, you know, Moses is dead Uh, Deuteronomy finishes with the death of Moses so Deuteronomy finishes with the death of Moses, and then Joshua starts with Moses is dead, so it's kind of like this continuation this sort of stitching together of the previous five books of the Old Testament Uh, so it's like this continuation kind of thing Um, but it's you just feel the weight of it. It's heavy. Moses is the guy who led his people out of slavery. Um, He's the guy who went up the mountain and brought down the Ten Commandments. He's the guy who whacked a stick with a rod and produced water at God's command. He's the guy who, you know, did all this cool stuff, led them through the Red Sea. He, it was a big deal. He's the guy who wrote the first five books of the Bible. He's like, the guy. And yet, Joseph, Joseph? Joshua, <laughs> strong, um, you know, has these massive shoes to feel. That's got to feel weighty, isn't it? You know, it, like taking over from Andrew Davis, that's bad enough. Taking over from Moses, you know, that's, that's, that's big. That is huge, ridiculously big shoes to feel. Um, not an easy task. Uh, but this, this sort of continuation that actually Moses is dead, but the story continues. And I, I like that. It's a continuation Of what has come before. Um, So I thought of a few things in this that I wanted to pick out. So to keep it neat and tidy and preach like I've got two sets of three. So I've got three promises and three commands uh, in this passage. So the first one is I promise you what I promised to Moses. So the first question I guess is what did he promise to Moses? That's probably a good place to start. Anyone got any ideas? No? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in Exodus 3, 8, it says, uh, I have come down to rescue them for the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. Other ites are available. Um, so, you know, this, it's this promise to go into the promised land. That's the promise to Moses that is now handed over to Joshua, and really, it's not even just a promise that was made to Moses. Um, In Genesis, you know, God says to Abraham, uh, to your offspring, I will give this land. In fact, he does sort of a bit of a Lion King moment. Um, I'll read what it says, and then you can sort of hear some African beautiful music in the background in your head. Uh, Where is it? Nope, not that bit. Please told I will give this land to your descendants and um, no that's the wrong bit that's (laughs) that's a bit short after the lot had gone the Lord said to Abraham look as far as you can see in every direction north and south east and west I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants. That does sound Lion King-like, doesn't it? I mean, it's like almost like everything that the light touches Simba. You know, it's, it's got that kind of feel to it. You know, God sort of just takes Abraham and goes, look, all of this, this will be to your descendants. But Abraham wasn't even Abraham yet. It was that long ago that God said this to Abraham. So it's, it's a really, really long time ago. And there's something to that, isn't it? I think certainly for us, And we can be like, God's promised something. I want it now. I want it tomorrow. I want it this month or this year. But actually, God can promise things, and they can take generations to be fulfilled. We can be so sort of short-sighted in our sort of view of things that we'll be like, oh, God's promised this, so he's going to do all of it in my time right now. But actually, God can start something now that will actually grow and have fruit in generations to come he sees so much bigger so much wider in the full context of history in the god's big story stuff last week we looked at you know right there at the beginning in the garden he's you know saying someone will come who will crush the head of the snake talking about jesus there was a long time between saying that and that coming to pass god's idea of you know fulfilling promises and time and history is so much bigger and we can be sort of quite impatient as Christians I think sometimes but actually we need to sometimes be alright with being sort of a, a part of a big history, not part of you know, not put everything in the context of our small temporary lives but put everything in the grand story of history and God's story so that's the first thing next, pro- so first promise I promise you what I promised Moses and everyone before that, next promise I will not fail you or abandon you Anyone ever felt abandoned or left behind? Yeah, not a great feeling, is it? It's not enjoyable. was like, yay, what I really want today is to feel abandoned and left behind. Um, it's not a fun thing. Uh, certainly one of the things when we came here and started this church, one of the things that was quite apparent was that people in this community felt quite abandoned and left behind. That had so many sort of initiatives, start, and then people would go, oh, it's a bit hard and give up. Or the government would fund something for a little while that was really good, but then the funds would dry up and it would stop. They were sort of constantly disappointed and let down by people who sort of looked like they were here to help, but then very quickly disappeared. But this is God's promise not only to Joshua, this is God's promise to us. He will not fail us and he will not abandon us. Romans 8 says, I'm convinced that neither death death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nothing in the present or the future, nor any powers, neither heights, nor depths, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing! Okay, Heather's got it. Let's see if everyone else got it. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing! Still way too quiet. No, what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing! You can do better. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing! I'll let you have that one. That was all right, not too bad. Cool. Um, and it says, "I am certain." Oh, this is Philippians uh, one six. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Like right? God doesn't give up. He doesn't half finish things and then just lose interest. Does anyone else find that like you'll have a project and you'll get. 80% of the way through, and the first 80% is easy, but the last 20% you're just like, oh, are we not there yet? And you lose all the enthusiasm on the last 20%. Cool, I'm glad it's not just me. Other people are nodding, that's, that's good. Um, if my boss is listening to this, I work through the whole 100% all the time with just equal amounts of effort. Um, but, you know, it's true, we, uh, he'd be very aware that he does that too, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, God finishes things, he completes things, he doesn't do things a little bit and then go, I'm nah, bored with this, I'm done. He, if he's started something in you, he will complete it. He is your father and he loves you and what he's begun in you, he will finish. Um, and he's not going to give up on us. He's not. He's not going to give us up, he's not going to let us down, he's not going to run around and desert us. Yep. Never going to give you up. <laughs> Sorry. Wow is the correct response. But now, every time you hear that song, you'll be like, oh, this reminds me of that preach that John did. So, you know, next time you get Rick Rolls, you'll be like, oh, yeah, God's never going to live let us alone. Um, so, yeah, it's a good thing. Um, yeah, cool. The puns get worse than this, by the way, just in case. <laughs> um, so that's promise, too. You know, God is not... Gonna fail? Joshua is not gonna abandon him, and the same for us. is not gonna fail us. He's not gonna abandon us. And uh, promise number three is uh, the Lord your God is with you wherever you and I put will in there. Wherever you will go, way up high or down low, He'll go wherever we will go. Is that everyone getting that reference? St- Stacy's chuckling. So cool. So song by The Calling. Wherever you go, way up high down low. Yeah. So that one didn't land quite as well. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah he like, says, I will be with you wherever you will go so he says like I will give you uh, the land where your feet tread where you set foot you will be on land that I have given you you know it's, 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 he will be with Joshua wherever he goes and what I think is really interesting about this is though it says the Lord your God is with you wherever you will go in verse 3 it says pretty specifically this is where you need to go he doesn't say, I will, I will go wherever you will go, do what you want. He says, I, want, I will be with you wherever you will go. Here is where you should go. He doesn't just abandon him to go and work it out on himself. He says, this is the land I am giving you, wherever you set foot. Really, in this context, in this part of the world, is the land that I will give you. It's not just run off in any direction, go anywhere, and I'll give you that land. It's that I will be with you as long as you're in step with what I have planned for you. He's go, it's, it's a going together and fulfilling the plan and the promise and the dreams of the promised land together with God, sort of going along with God's plan. But, it's not, again, it's not just Joshua. Jesus says uh, in the final verse of Matthew 28, I am with you always to the very end of the age, which is awesome. Slightly bizarre, as Jesus says that, and then disappears off into heaven. Um, so it's a bit weird when you look at it at first go, I'll be with you always you know it does genuinely if you read Matthew on its own or like the start of actually like really how does that work but it's fulfilled in that Jesus says I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you so you know God is with us wherever we go through the spirit within us wherever we tread God goes with us. We are full of his spirit. He is embedded in us. Where we walk, he walks. But equally, there's sort of that similar challenge that, yeah, God will go where we go because we're full of the spirit. Uh, But equally, we're told in Galatians 5 to keep in step with the spirit, walk in the spirit, be led by the spirit. So for us, there will be that sort of promised land as such, saying God's like the spirit prompting us to say, This is where you need to go. This is what you should be doing. And we need to be sort of in tune with that. And it's difficult when um, you know that's the case, but you don't know what that is yet. So certainly for, you know, Andrew and Liz, they're like, well, we know that our land that we should be working in is not here anymore, but they don't know yet where their promised land is, but they're persisting in prayer about that. They're seeking that and, and striving to hear from God as to where it is they should go next. So three promises that are really awesome in that. Uh, The first promise is basically God saying, I will keep my promises, which is awesome. Then I will not abandon you, and I will be with you wherever you will go. Those are good promises to have from God, aren't they? Yeah, lots of nodding, nodding. I like nodding. Um, So yeah, that's great. So then we get to the three commands. The first one, just in case you didn't catch it when I was reading uh, through it, was be strong and courageous. Did anyone else notice that... That kind of, like, that's, it's three times in that passage, it's be strong and courageous. The second time, like, they say very, to, to be very like, bold and courageous. And then again at the end, be bold and courageous. Um, and you can read that and go, oh, but I'm not. I'm not strong and courageous. If that's what God wants of us, that's not me. And like, oh, <laughs> but that is totally the opposite of what this is. Um, I don't know about you but when I was younger and I'd go and do like a, a I was gonna say a school play, I never did a school play, but I did like school performances where I'd like play guitar or, or sing or um, play like, there was one point, there was a, a, a show for sort of elderly people and there was me playing like the Mission Impossible, like rock remix kind of thing. It was really odd. But yeah, but yeah my, I, I was quite nervous and my parents said to me, go on, you can do this, you'll be okay. The encouragement was there from my parents because I was nervous, because I was worried, because I was fearful. At no point did my parents go to me, "It's okay, John. You can eat those Frosties. You can do it. It's okay. You'll be all right. Frosties aren't evil. That you're gonna, you can eat your breakfast. You can do this. No one does that because no one's afraid of eating a bowl of cereal. You know, you don't need to be told to be bold and courageous to eat a bowl of Frosties. You know, it's or what well, other cereals are available. Uh, <laughs> you know, or or toast. You know." No one said to Heather, you can do it. You can eat your chocolate spread on toast. You can do it. You'll be okay. It's just not a thing you do. You don't encourage people to do things that aren't scary, that aren't like slightly terrifying. It's not a thing. Um, So it's not like a muster up strength, muster up courage from nowhere. Um, This is in the context of God saying, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm beside you in this. It's not be strong and courageous just muster that up out of nowhere. It's be strong and courageous because I'm with you. I'm for you. You're part of history, part of this plan. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you and have like, confidence in that. Uh, so certainly for me, uh, many of you will know that you know, for a number of years I struggled with sort of anxiety and, and panic attacks and that kind of thing. And so being uh, like strong and courageous for me, as someone who struggled with anxiety, was like, uh, Um But what I found was a really great quote at some point uh, by Nelson Mandela, which says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. It's a great quote, and I love that. Um, so for you, being bold and courageous might not be stepping outside of your door with a sword and slaying a dragon, Being bold and courageous might be just stepping out of your door. You know, it might be taking that small step. Um, Certainly for me, when I had a panic panic attack on a train at one point, I I was really anxious getting back on a train, but I, I did that. Eventually I got on a train and did that. And, you know, it doesn't look like a massive victory. There was, you know, no fallen enemies, but that was a big, you know, moment for me, getting back on a train after having that. And so it's important to realize that God is encouraging Joshua, who is probably nervous. He is probably fearful, and he's just saying, you can do this. I'm with you. I'm for you. You are not alone. So that's great. It's very, very good. Um, Command number two is, oh, you've lost the B of B. Be careful um, to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. First question, what instruction, (laughs) you know, what were the instructions Moses gave? So you can look at that in terms of, or, you know, there's the entire five books of the Bible that came beforehand. God said a lot of stuff. There was a lot of instruction in it. I would read that as specifically uh, what happens in Deuteronomy 31. So basically Moses uh, gets Joshua up and says, like, this is my guy. He's going to be the guy to take over um, when I go. Um, And he says in Deuteronomy 31... Be strong and courageous, for you must go with his people into the land the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord goes before you and will be with you; he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid; do not be discouraged. Sounds a bit familiar, that doesn't it? You know, Joshua has heard before. Be strong and courageous. He's heard before that God will never leave him or forsake him. He's heard before. Do not be afraid or discouraged. God has already said that through Moses, his mentor, who has now passed away. So for Joshua, this would actually have probably been quite a bittersweet moment. He's like, yeah, God is with me, God is for me. But like, to hear the words that are sort of a variation of what he heard through his mentor, who has now passed, it's probably quite touching as well. But to have that sort of, you know, he, he had his mentor, Moses, say, you know, God is with you, God is for you. And he's probably like, okay, yeah, great. Ah. Uh, but now God is saying, no, really, I'm with you, I'm for you, don't be scared, don't be afraid, we can do this. And those beautiful, uh, reassuring words. Um, but it's just another thing to think of, really, isn't it? That you know God sort of spoke them through Moses and then speaks them again in this amazing way, directly, which is awesome. The third command, we're almost there, um, is study this book of instruction continually. Next question. What is this book? Uh, what is this book? It can't be Joshua because that hasn't... It's not a book yet. <laughs> um, so what is it? What's being referred to? Some commentators say that it's specifically Deuteronomy, uh, but there is um, some Hebrew, which I could almost pronounce with my training. That was exciting. I looked at the word Torah and was like, oh, I, I kind of recognize that. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, Torah, the first five books of the Bible, effectively, is saying you've got this resource. You've got the first five books of the Bible. It's saying meditate on it day and night. Um, there's so many... Uh, books out there are like, this is how to be successful in life. This is how to succeed. This is how to you know, make friends and influence people and all that kind of stuff. And here we hear, like Joshua say, or God say to Joshua, the real key to success is reading God's word, is to knowing what God has said to his people, reading all the instructions that have come uh, before. And what I think is interesting is he doesn't say, like, just read it. He says, meditate on it. And that for me is challenging i think because it changes the way you approach reading the bible i know for me i did the bible in a year did anyone else do bible in a year um uh, sort of uh how was i was gonna do this out, out of five um you know show how many stars you would give bible in a year or the experience for that show hands sort of three Right, yeah. So for me, um, I found that an interesting thing. Like, not saying that if you're doing that and you're finding that helpful, great, well done you. Um, That's fine, continue on with that. But for me, it was almost a checking the box exercise. It wasn't meditating on God's word, it was you you'd get to one thing and then you'd have no time to think about that, you'd be on to the next thing. You'd read the old testament, and then it'd be great, forget about that, you're reading the New Testament now. or forget about that, you're reading the Psalm now. And you wouldn't dwell on it. So certainly for me having you know, I did that a couple of times and uh the the Psalms, I must have read you know, I've read them all a few times doing that. And I've got nowhere near as much out of reading those Psalms doing that as I have when we've studied them on a Wednesday in our group, and we've taken time, we've we've moulded over, we've chewed the words, we've you know checked out the different flavours, thought, oh, what about this? What the? And, you know, it's so easy to just read things sometimes to think I'm reading this because I should, or reading this to sort of meet my quota, rather than meditating, dwelling on it, thinking about things. I would much rather have a a Bible in five years plan, you know, so you can got the time to pause and consider what it is you're reading before you move on to the next thing Um, and also with that uh, one of the things that I really like in in the Bible study on Wednesdays when we look at Psalms is also what do you see in that well how do you read that what are you you seeing in that how are you seeing Jesus um, in this Psalm that kind of stuff whereas with the sort of Bible plans that you get sometimes where they you know move you through things really quickly you also get um, sort of a commentary with it. And I'm totally for commentaries. Commentaries are brilliant, but I think commentaries should come second. I think you should always look at something and think, what is God saying to me through this passage before you hear what God has said to someone else about that passage? And then you sort of use that to weigh what you thought and you can go, oh, wow, well, maybe God wasn't saying that. I was completely wrong. Or, oh, yeah, cool, they saw the same thing as me. But Certainly in, when you're doing preaching prep and that kind of stuff, you don't go to a commentary straight away. Um, you, you work out what God's trying to say to you through the passage and through you know in your context, in your experience. So it's so easy to move on to sort of go, I've read the thing, I've worked out what this person thinks, and at no point have you thought, what do I think? You know, there's, there's points where you'll come across something and it'll be difficult. Um, there was a chapter in Exodus, which I'm going through at the moment, I think it might have been like chapter twenty-three or something, and it was like about slavery and this kind of stuff. And I was like, "Oh, this is a really difficult chapter." But if you're doing Bible in the Year, you go, "Oh, that's a really difficult chapter." Moving on to Psalms, you know, you you don't like you don't fight with it. You know, Josh. Uh, Jacob wrestled with God, and sometimes you need to do that with Scripture. You need to wrestle with it. You need to ask the difficult questions. Sometimes you need to sort of stand on the precipice and peer into the depths and go, Ah! You know, you need to sort of, you know, really go, God, what are you saying through this? What, why, why were things like this? And you know, take the time to mull things over a bit. Um, See, I would encourage you um, to take time, move slower through the Bible. If you're someone who does the Bible in a year and finds it really useful, I'm not saying don't do that, but uh, for me, certainly, it's it's way too quick, and I'd encourage you to meditate more on it so you can consider what you're reading a bit more rather than just moving on to the next thing. Maybe do the Bible app in a year, but just do the Old Testament or something, and then just do the Psalms or just do the New Testament, split it into three years. I don't know. But uh, it says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. Um, last time I spoke, I spoke about prayer. Uh, prayer is massively important and, you know, sort of one of the things that identifies us as Christians. You know, Christians are people who who love God, are loved by God, who pray and read the Bible um, at its base, I think that's what Ryan said last year in one of his talks, which is pretty much, yep, that's pretty much the basics of Christianity, isn't it? Um, but uh, so people will always say, you know, you, you were given two of these. And one of these, I <laughs> want you know. People come across people saying that you know, you've got two ears because you need to listen twice as hard as you speak. Um, but if you're just praying, you're not giving God an opportunity to speak back. It's sort of quite a one-sided conversation. Uh, so you know, God speaks to us through His Word, and obviously you've got things like um, prophetic words and dreams and visions and that kind of stuff. And yeah, God totally speaks through those things. But he also says, weigh those things against scripture. So even if God speaks to you through those things, you still have to get your Bible out to check that, you know, it is God that's speaking to you and not some bad cheese that you had. You need to you know, weigh things against uh, what the Bible says. So that's Joshua, the start of uh, or my, my series, I guess, my personal series in Joshua. But yeah, I would encourage you with that, the just hold on to those promises. If you are fearful, if you are worried, if you are nervous, um, be strong and courageous. Maybe in little ways, maybe take that first little step to do something. But God is with you. He is for you. He's, he goes where you go. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you. He will be for you. And he's a God who keeps his promises and his promises are awesome. So uh, let's be people who you know, walk in that. Uh, and be brave and, and bold and that kind of stuff. Oh, well, the story, other story I was going to say was, um, some of you may know that uh, about a month ago now I guess uh, some young, lovely young people uh, decided to sunbathe on the roof of our building as you do. This was when it wasn't raining and it was lovely. Uh, so it must have been a while back now. Um, but they decide, after we called them down they decided uh, to leave us with a, a parting gift and to set a fire to some of their homework and leave that on the roof, um, which was great. Uh, and many of you who know me will know that I do not like heights. Heights, I am not okay with. Every time the roofers have come up to fix the leak and like, do you want to come up and have a look? I'm like, no, no way. But that time, because I knew, you know, what that building meant to us, I actually managed to, you know, climb on the roof and throw those papers that were a light down. And for every step of that, I was going, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. But that didn't stop me from moving. And I think that's the thing to take away, It's that being strong and courageous doesn't necessarily mean going, yes, I am awesome, I'm a superhuman, I will do everything and I'm amazing. Sometimes you're just going, I hate this, I hate this. I hate this. And, but you keep moving, you press forward, you push in. Uh, like uh, Nelson Mandela said, it's not the absence of fear, but the conquering of it. It's the pressing on, the pressing through. Um, so don't give up. Um, you don't have to be, you know, crazy, um, you know, macho, brave, or courageous. Sometimes you just need to take the next step. And I was about to break into this. It's a Frozen 2, isn't it? Do the next right thing. Yeah, there you go. Watch Frozen. That's that's my preach for today. Um, yeah, we've not got Dow anymore because he's disappeared. Um, but I think the one thing I did wanted to sing very... Briefly, we could do it a cappella, maybe just the one line. Is there's a really old song that we used to sing growing up, which was Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Yeah. Does anyone know that? Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. But that's the thing, is it? it's not just be bold, be strong. Cause I'm walking in victory, Yeah, so that one. But, you know, that song is Be Bold, Be Strong, for the Lord your God is with you. It's the same thing that God said to Joshua. It's not muster up boldness, muster up courage. It's be confident, be bold, because God is with you. Um, so I'll, I'll pray and then we'll end our service there for today. Um, I can't see the time. Okay, cool, great. Um, so, yeah, I'll pray and... Um, if you want sort of further prayer after the service, um, come grab, even myself or Heather, and we'll pray for you. Um, but yeah, Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that by your Spirit you go wherever we go. Thank you that you won't abandon us, you won't leave us, that you have plans and purposes for our lives and promises that you will 100% fulfill to completion. Thank you for your incredible love and mercy and grace that, that looks at us and goes, wow, They're my guys, they're my people, they're my children. I love them so much. And I just pray, Father, for those who maybe are struggling with things, who are looking at things with with fear or anxiety. It's not a great place to be, Father, but I pray you would help us to push forward in that, that we wouldn't be crippled by fear, but we would be courageous in faith and move forward through anything that would hold us back, that we'd push on and push into you. Uh, For those of us who... I sort of don't know where the land is that we're meant to be claiming. I pray, Father, that you would uh, bring revelation in the same way that you gave to Joshua and gave really clear landmarks of from this mountain to this river to this. There'd be clear guidance as to where it is you are calling us to if we are sort of unaware of that so far. So I pray, Father, bring wisdom, being guidance, and help us to walk in confidence in your strength, not our own, because we don't have any. Um, but you are an amazing God who can work through people who are weak and humble. Uh, Be with us this week. Encourage us. May we have an awesome week. Amen.